Hello and welcome to the Who's He podcast with me, Phil. Now that we're finally in the 60th anniversary month of Doctor Who, we're looking back and thinking, well, there's obviously been a lot of additional content and merchandise created over the decades. There's been books, annuals, toys, games, action figures, spin-off shows such as Torchwood, and let's not forget the audio stories of Big Finish. But there used to be another way to celebrate the popularity of a TV show that even Doctor Who wasn't immune to. Yes, it's the strange world of the novelty record. Quite often, actors release an album under the banner of Music has always been my first love, but after listening to them, you realise why they chose the acting profession instead. But the novelty record is different, often made as a quick cash grab rather than any real attempt to make anything musically challenging, these records were dragging an actor from the show to record a song that would be released into the depths of obscurity only to be ridiculed on a podcast many, many years later. So after trawling through the internet, I'll bring to you in no particular order the novelty records of Doctor Who. So let's go with my first choice, Who's Who, sung by Roberta Tovey. denying the fact that the Peter Cushing Dalek movies exist as they are not canon, this record was made to cash in on the popularity of not Doctor Who the TV show, but the first Peter Cushing Dalek film, Doctor Who and the Daleks. And to be fair to Roberta Tovey, who played Susan in both the Dalek films, she does equip herself rather admirably. Rumour has it that she also sang this in one take, and if that's true, well, fair play to her. However, I've not been able to find much information about who wrote it or where it was recorded, but all I do know is that it was released in 1965. It's quite a jaunty and upbeat song played in a style that was quite popular in the 1960s. It's the kind of song you can imagine parents of the 60s would tap their feet along to without recall Simone that the singer should get their bloody hair cut or a smell in the army you're doing good. But what is quite strange is the opening line that Roberta Toby sings, and that's if you see a man with long grey hair. This would suggest that the song is about William Hartnell rather than Peter Cushing. You would think that the lyricist would perhaps reference the style of the film it's cashing in on, well, at the very least. Later on in the song, there is a line, while sitting on top of a horse. Now, you don't suppose that the writer of this song was in fact a time traveller and knew about the Tenth Doctor's equine antics in The Girl in the Fireplace? My man is on that it was actually a young Stephen Moffat who wrote this song and used the idea many years later. But now we come to another effort from the 1960s, from another companion of the Doctor. In 1968, Fraser Hines, Jamie McCrimmon himself, had a crack at the charts, or the hit parade it was sometimes then known, with Who's Doctor Who, which was released by Major Minor Records, who would later have major chart success with Serge Gainsborough's and Jane Birkin's 70 inches of heavy breathing, Shatem. Now, this was the age of psychedelia, freakouts and happenings. Yes, this was the age of free love and long hair. And really, this song does kind of reflect that period with its spaced out sounds, which mimics the Sid Barrett Pink Floyd song. (laughs) 
has a time machine to travel through the ages to take a look at history. He simply turns the pages. But once it gets to the chorus, it sort of reverts the top with phrases back in singers being small children. However, this track was actually written by two people of some reputation in the music industry, Barry Mason and Les Reed. Their collaborative and individual efforts were recorded by people such as Tom Jones, Petula Clark, Rod Stewart and even Elvis Presley. So surely with their track record, Fraser Hines was bound for an appearance on Top of the Pops. Sadly no, as this song failed to chart. But with its funky guitar weaving its way through the song, I expect to hear it being played one of those spin-off films made from successful TV comedies in the 1970s. You know what I mean, Bless This House or Father Dear Father. In fact, there is a scene set in a cafe in the Bless This House movie where there's a song playing in the background on the radio that is very reminiscent of Who's Doctor Who. In fact, in my head, it is this song. But it wasn't just the Doctor's companions that made the occasional record. His enemies had a go as well. Do you want to spend your Christmas with a Dalek? Well, in 1964, the Go-Go's wanted to pull a cracker with the metal bastards. I bring you greetings from all Daleks. This rather annoying festive song from this band from Newcastle, you didn't think it was the Go-Go's with Belinda Carlisle and Gene Wheedling, did you? Tries to make the Daleks cute. The lyrics, which are meant to be from the perspective of a small girl wanting to hug a Dalek under the mistletoe, are sung in a way that would be considered cute in the 1960s. But really, the excessive I can't pronounce my R style singing really starts to great, uh, uh, great after a few seconds, and while the Dalek voice effect isn't that bad, I wanted the Dalek to scream exterminate and put us all out of our misery rather than ask for some tasty Christmas fare. Please, may I have some more plum pudding and custard? Of course, this was made to cash in on Dalek mania that was sweeping the nation at the time. But as that craze dwindled, this song was largely forgotten. But now we move to the funky 1970s and a track recorded in 1972 by the then incumbent doctor, John Pertwee with Who is the Doctor? Now, Pertwee did release an album in later years as his other famous alter ego, Wurzel Gummidge, where he did actually attempt to sing. But back in 1972, Pertwee went the William Shatner route and just spoke the lyrics over a rearrangement of the Doctor Who theme tune. The empty space that circles time. I see 
where others stumble blind The secret truth they never find Eternal wisdom is my guide I am the doctor Through cosmic waste the TARDIS flies To taste the secret source of life A present science in the classic poetry style, he plays this absolutely seriously, as if the prose was written by William Shakespeare himself. But this was actually put together by Rupert Hine, who kind of gave this track a slight glam rock edge. I'm now trying to get the image of John Pertwee dressed as Dave Hill from Slade out of my mind, but I think even you will agree that this certainly is a powerful image. Once again, I'm assuming this track didn't really dent the charts like all the others, but it did find its way onto the Doctor Who Visitations 3 DVD, where it was used at the end of Happy Birthday to Doctor Who. But while I was trying to find out some facts about this song, I stumbled across a small nugget of information. It turns out another Doctor Who actor had a go at singing this song. Yes, John Levine, otherwise known as Sergeant Benton, recorded this as a tribute to John Pertwee. Now, I'm assuming he recorded this after Pertwee died, but of course, knowing John Levine, I can imagine him singing this in front of Pertwee as part of a John Levine cabaret extravaganza at a Doctor Who convention. Actually, the more I think about it, I'll convince myself that this is the truth. But unfortunately, listeners, I could not track down any recording of his take on Pertwee's classic, so it'll be up to your imagination as just to how magisterial this really is. And now, everyone, we've reached the end, as we find ourselves in 1985 and the Doctor was in distress. slice of high-energy shite was made in response to the news that Doctor Who was to go on hiatus for 18 months. This news was met with howls of anger from Doctor Who fans, and so unofficial Doctor Who continuity advisor Ian Levine wrote this charity single to save the Time Lord from cancellation. Now, for those of you who can remember, charity records were all the rage in the 1980s, which really started with Do They Know It's Christmas by Band-Aid. Another example of a 1980s charity single was Let It Be, which was recorded in response to the Zeebrugger ferry disaster of 1987 and organised by all things The Sun newspaper. In fact, I'll always remember that when they managed to recruit the services of Dire Straits' Mark Knopfler, the splashes across the front page with the headline, We've got him! As if they'd just kidnapped him or just had him killed. Anyway, back to Doctor Who and this single of High Camp. Having managed to rope in Colin Baker, Nicola Bryant, Nicholas Courtney and Anthony Ainley, the recording company, Record Shack, also had to find more stars to appear on this song. So delving into the stable of its own recording artists, they dragged in such musical powerhouses as Bobby G from Bucks Fizz, Davey Van Day from Dollar, Hazel Dean, Faith Brown, Stephen Grant and Julie Harris from long-forgotten 1980s group Tight Fit, and Jonah stopped the cavalry, Louis, who probably wanted to rescind that order and let the horses trample through the studio. 
They even managed to get Justin Hayward from the Moody Blues. Now, they must have had photos of him in a compromising position to get him to agree to do this. So after gathering this veritable bushel of washed-up talent and labelled Who Cares, they proceed to put together one of the worst songs ever committed to vinyl. It has terrible lyrics, production values, you name it, it didn't have it. But it did give us this bit of overwrought screeching. In fact, let's hear that again. No, 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 indeed. But it has to be said that the intentions behind it were well-meaning, and you're probably wondering why this is a charity single, when the lyrics were more like a protest song telling the story of Doctor Who. Well, they decided that all the proceeds from the record would go to cancer research, a very worthwhile cause. However, as sales were so bad, it has been said that no money actually went to the charity. Everyone was embarrassed by the end result, with Ian Levine remarking it was an absolute balls-up fiasco. And that, everyone, is where the trail of Doctor Who novelty records ends. And perhaps it's a good thing. While they all have a certain charm, yes, even Doctor in Distress, they're never destined to be successful nor any good. And I can attest to this, as yours truly took part in Let's Save Confidential, where various podcasters were corralled into the recording, which was basically a remake of Doctor in Distress, but with altered lyrics protesting at the cancellation of Doctor Who Confidential. Now, I'm not going to play it. I'm too embarrassed to even listen to it again. It's out there somewhere if you want to track it down, but do so at your own peril. Look, look, I just want to forget it ever happened. Just leave me alone. Please respect my privacy. listening you can download this podcast from itunes amazon podcast spotify and through your podcatcher of choice if you would care to leave us some feedback on itunes that would be very much appreciated you can also find us on twitter at who's underscore he underscore podcast on the who's he podcast facebook group and through our website who's hyphen he hyphen podcast.co.uk